0: Hello, this is Brian McLean, and welcome to Our Story with God, Episode 3, Noah. I hope you've listened to Episodes 1 and 2. We've talked about creation and the downfall of man, which is sin. If you haven't, jump back and listen to those. I hope these have been valuable for you and you've been enjoying them. I certainly have. And so uh, jumping into the story of Noah here, this is a, this is a story that we probably all had on our, our baby blankets or on our nursery walls in some early picture books uh, but it's the story of Noah and how God punished the world, and he saved Noah and his family, Noah and his wife and their three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wife. So eight total people. Uh, so kind of going into the story here a little bit, mankind is broken. The relationship between each other and also between man and God is, is fractured because of sin, like we talked about last week. Uh, it's to the point where God has actually said, I'm sorry I made these people. I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. And you read in Genesis chapter uh, 6, verse 7, where he actually says, The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. In the next verse, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? Uh, Because later on, Noah is described as being a righteous man, blameless in his generation. That's in verse nine of chapter six. Obviously, we know Noah was not a perfect man. And we do know that, uh, well, we don't know much about his sons, but we know that it wasn't on their own merit, so to speak, that they were saved. They were saved because God looked at Noah and said, I am going to save you, Noah. And through that, his three sons, they followed along. They kind of tagged along with their father, which credit to them, they learned, they listened, and they did something uh, that, that ended up saving their lives. And in fact, their wives, if they weren't from sort of that, that same genealogical line, this is the 10th generation, by the way, from Adam. So this is 10 generations down um, from Adam uh, through... The third son that Cain and Abel, or, or excuse me, after Cain and Abel, which is Seth, uh, that, uh, that Adam and Eve had. Uh, so Cain and Abel were the first two sons through Seth is Noah's line. And so uh, Noah, at this point in time, from that line of Seth, perhaps his daughters-in-law were the only uh, remainders of, of some of the other uh, biological lines, the other lineages that were going on. Uh, a couple things that people like to look at about this story, and they say, okay, well, let's, let's try to get a little bit more into scripture here. Shem, Ham, and Japheth are the sons. And some people look at it and say, oh, uh, chapter 5, verse 32 just says, after Noah was 500 years old, he had these three sons. Were they triplets? Might they have been triplets? Uh, we don't really know if they were triplets. Obviously, one, Shem, is, is the one who is, is identified as being the oldest. Uh, by and large, just to understand who these people were, Shem ended up moving east. He became the peoples of sort of Far East Asia. Uh, Ham moved south and became the peoples of Canaan, Middle East area, and Africa. Japheth moved to the north and became the peoples of Europe. So kind of think back, okay, which one of these sons is is best represented in your, your family trait? Um, but were they triplets? Uh, we don't really know. We didn't have an, a specific date when they were Uh, born or how old Noah was when they were born. Uh, Second of all, God commanded Noah to build an ark. Um, Perhaps there was no rain before then. Now in Genesis chapter two, it says that a mist came up from the ground and watered the land. That doesn't necessarily mean there has never been any rain, but there's no specific mention of rain before this point. Obviously everything would have had to been different in a climate state for that to have been true, but we also know that things are obviously very different from the length of these people's lives. We're talking about Noah taking 100 years to build a boat from the time he's 500 to the time he's 600. Things were a little different then. Now, why were they different? Uh, was you know Some people look at the waters above versus the waters below, indicating a water canopy. We're not going to get into that discussion in this particular uh, location, but... Uh, But suffice to say, there's some interesting concepts, interesting ideas. Unfortunately, none of them can really be scientifically proven uh, a few thousand years uh, after the fact. So we're not really sure. There's some interesting details. Go look that up in your own time if it's something that interests you. Uh, But then God required two. We've heard Noah, you know, uh, two by two. The animals came in two by two. But after they got off the boat, after the ark settled in the mountains of Ararat, it specifically says that there was a sacrifice given. Now, what what happened here? Were were animals having babies, or they're having children, or, or did they, you know, sacrifice uh, an animal and and get rid of half of the, the living? Uh, no, 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 no. This isn't this isn't that. Um, if you keep reading along, and I encourage you, please do read it. It's Genesis five through seven, so it's three simple chapters here. You can read through this. But the clean animals. Were taken by sevens. We don't know from the actual language whether that's seven of the species or seven males plus seven females for 14. Uh, I, I don't unfortunately know the language very well to offer my opinion of it. But someone will say, well, wait a minute. What is clean versus unclean? We don't get rules on cleanliness, uh, what is acceptable to eat and so forth, until Moses. And that's thousands of years down the road. What are we talking about here? Well, obviously, there was some knowledge among these people of what was and was not acceptable. And if there was a knowledge of what was and was not acceptable just in the food that they were eating and in the animals that they were raising, is it not probable that there was also an understanding of what was right and wrong, not just good and bad to eat? So in this story, we have a picture where God, he is punishing humanity for their sins. And and to some of us, to to sensitive ears, it it seems a little bit excessive. Gee, why did God kill everybody? And that kind of teaches us that the false narrative that God is sort of this Santa Claus man upstairs who just lives his, you know, he he suits our our needs. He, He answers all of our requests. He's our butler, so to speak. That's not who God is. God is righteous. God is holy. God demands certain things. And in this particular case, His demands were not met, and at some point in time, he said, enough is enough. And so he decided, that's all there is to it, but I'm going to save Noah. And fortunately for Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they saw enough that they decided to, to tag along. So here we have eight humans remaining. God had righteousness, and God showed judgment, but he was also faithful. He was faithful to those who followed him and obeyed him, who didn't take their time and go with the flow and live in this sort of sinful arena. So there is no, there is no plan that mankind knows about at this point of a savior. But God is clearly demonstrating to us that in the midst of hopeless judgment that's all around us, he is able to save us. And that I think is the really big story of Noah. Uh, Still not sure why they're putting it on nursery walls and baby blankets. Still seems a little brutal. But this is what we are learning about God. And so here we have uh, God, and he again is using what is happening throughout history. And he is sharing with us here is what happens. Here is more of who I am. And it's this God who is righteous, but is also faithful and can save. So study the word, take a, take a read. Um, quick questions for you. First of all, how many days does it say after the rain stopped for the waters to recede? We all know that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. But then also, uh, if, if you think about it, it says not only was water coming from the top, but it was coming from the bottom as well. It says there was rain coming down, but also the fountains of the deep opened up. So what do you think the fountains of the deep were? Uh, Were they underwater volcanoes, geysers? I don't know. Uh, Put in your comments down below. I'd love to hear your ideas on what these may be. And uh, next week, we're going to jump into God not just saving, but God putting a people into place, he is going to be creative. He is going to make something of nothing in a completely different manner. And that's going to be the call of Abram. So I hope you're enjoying this. I'm having a great time. Uh, Keep your comments going. Love to hear from you.